All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. My name is Melissa Kretschler. I am your host. I'm also an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator and founder of not only just a live TV, but also uh, the Women Sporting Women Can Network. Today we're going to be talking about suffocating relationships and who doesn't want to talk about that because I don't know how many of us have not had suffocating relationships. Uh, today's sponsor is the Phoenix Identity. They do individual, couples, and group and slash family coaching. If you'd like to check them out, if you're struggling in your relationship, if you're questioning whether or not you're drowning and suffocating in your relationship, please absolutely go sign up for their Clarity session. It is $97 with the discount code CLARITY1. So go and check that out. Also, they are offering you the Empowered Warrior Women challenge. It is a five-day challenge to see the five ways that you are giving away your power and how you can start to take back that now. So go and check out those links. Those are in the description. Again, today's episode, suffocating marriages or relationships in general. If you would like to get in touch with either myself or my co-host, you can do that. And to hand that off, I'm going to give it to my co-host to introduce themselves. Elizabeth, would you like to do the honors? Yes, thank you so much, Melissa. So I'm Elizabeth Sotobias. I'm a women's empowerment coach, and I work with women in their 30s and 40s who've been divorced and who are looking to reclaim their personal power and intuition. Women who kind of feel like they lost their identity, what they're worth, their purpose, their passion in life, and are ready to just start fresh and dig in and become who they know they're supposed to have been all this time. Yeah. I love that. So you and I were talking, I'm just pulling up my notes here. You and I were talking on the pre-screening about, you know, that feeling of, of being suffocated in your marriage. So let's talk about what that feeling actually feels like, because there may be people who are watching or catching the replay who kind of feel a certain way, but don't really understand what that feeling is in their relationship. So do you have any suggestions on what that actually feels like? Yeah, that's a great question because at first you don't realize that that's going on. Um, and so it took me a long time. Actually, it wasn't until I realized I couldn't be married anymore that I was like, oh my gosh, this is how I've been living. And some of the things that I experienced retrospectively, I was able to look back and say, oh my gosh, um, one of the biggest ones was numbness. I felt like I wasn't feeling. I'm so sorry. I felt like I wasn't feeling. I felt like I um, was kind of moving through life as a robot and kind of just making sure that everyone else was okay, making sure my kids were okay, making sure my spouse was okay, making sure people at work were okay. Uh, and I never considered at any deep level, like, am I okay? Do I need to work on something for me? Um, and I didn't realize this until much later, but the, the, I, the idea of suffocating was literal in my case. Like I often would find myself having anxiety and I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't take a deep breath. I couldn't breathe well. Um, and I hadn't realized that that was part of just how I was in my marriage was causing all of these side things to be happening. Yeah. Do you think that um, the way I would look at it, too, is when you don't really know or understand what it is that you're feeling or if, or if you're actually feeling suffocating is just really feeling unwell, really feeling unhappy or very stressed, very anxious, very um, like you're walking on eggshells or like you have to tiptoe around or every time you think about your partner or your marriage or you know they they come into your vicinity you just energetically even feel it right you feel drained you feel tired feel borderline depressed there are many different symptoms of being in a suffocating relationship that we don't normally attribute to the actual relationship itself so I love that you explained that because you you've dealt right. with this firsthand right yeah Yes. And the walking on eggshells is such a great um, analogy. And because I was so numb, I, I wasn't listening for all of those things. I was like, I just have to be here. I have to be here. I have to be married. I have to make this work. I have to show up. But the anxiety and the walking on eggshells and that energetic shift, like as soon as my former partner was in this space, like I 
couldn't that I just couldn't be in that space. I had to find ways to like not be around. Um, and I love how you explain that because that's really some of the things that I experienced. And some of my clients have also shared, like, I just can't be around them. It's just too hard. I feel like I don't have freedom. Freedom is the biggest thing that comes up in my coaching practice. Like, I just want to feel free. I want to feel free to breathe. I want to feel free to move and do what I love. I want to feel free to say no, or I'm not interested in that and not be judged or criticized because I'm making a choice that serves me and self-care and and self-healing and self-love these are all things that continually come up and it's because we've conditioned society religion family cultures expectations tell us that we're not allowed to take care of ourselves first that we're not allowed to think about what we need and in that space we shut it down so we can handle everybody else. And it's only, you know, even in this this live together, like women sitting here and saying, oh my gosh, I have all of those things. This must be something that I need to take care of. I hadn't even thought about it. And it's, it's right, you haven't thought about it because your culture and your community and these expectations tell you you're not allowed to think about those things. Well, you're, so sharing with you today is really important. Yeah. It's almost like society, culture, family, we're taught that it's that if our, if our marriage or our relationship fails, we're taught to internalize that, that it's that it's we failed, not that the relationship wasn't meant to work or meant to last or whatever that looks like, because that's what it really is. It's no, it's where mm -hmm. we failed. And that's, I think the the fear of failure, the fear of being the one to blame. I know people in relationships who are scared to leave, who, you know, their, their partner is, the thought of leaving their partner is more traumatizing than, than staying in an unhappy relationship where they're drowning, right? I know people who um, have sat there and don't want the stigma of being the one to end the relationship, right? So they wait for their partner to do it. I have another person that I know who, as soon as things aren't going right, they'll nitpick at absolutely everything. You can tell they're the one that's not happy because they're attacking and nitpicking and saying, you know, I expect this, you're not doing it. This is your fault. This is you, this is you, this is you. And it's like a constant battle and then the other person is just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I think all of those things happen, not all together, but sometimes they can. And um, one of the things that you said, you know, people are afraid to leave because it's 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 kind of one of those like i'll deal with the crap that i know versus the crap that i don't know and that fear really holds us back and this is not just in relationships although it does show up in relationships in a very deep and intimate way like the fear of not knowing what's going to come next or the fear of judgment what will people think what will people say about me how will they respond and i had some of those things too i really had to come face to face with like okay how am i going to be when people find out how am I going to be when people judge or criticize or tell me that I'm making a bad decision? And it happened. It did happen. It came up. But I had come to a place where what I didn't know had to be better than what I was going through. What I didn't have yet, I was going to create. I was going to make choices to create what I couldn't see as opposed to continuing to live in this spiral that had no light at the end of the tunnel. One of the things that I experienced after I made the decision was like, I didn't realize that it was so dark until I left and realized, oh my gosh, there's a light there. I, it's, it's little, it's dim, it's far, but there is a light at the end of this pain and I'm ready to move to the light, whatever that means, because before there wasn't any light, it was just the pit, everything was the same. And that fear, I guess people have to get to a place where they say, <laughs> whatever's coming next, I get to decide what it's gonna be, because right now I can't continue to do this thing that I'm doing. And that nitpicking thing, I love that you brought that up because I struggled with that. I was a picker, <laughs> I was the picker and, um, I thought, well, I'm, I'm working on me. 
So partner needs to work on himself and then we need to come together to kind of figure out how that is going to piece together. And when you're with someone that is choosing not to work on themselves, um, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And because we've been conditioned to personally internalize these relationships and say, well, if my marriage doesn't work, it's a personal failure, then it can be scary. But in this, in the other side space, I've looked and I'm like, it isn't a personal failure. People grow apart. People make different decisions. People want different things. People's perspectives and meaning making looks different. And you have to just say, you know what? We just see the world in a different way now. And this isn't gonna work anymore. And come to a place where you have that, like we're just making a different meaning of this space and it just isn't gonna work for me. It's hard to do. It sounds easy. It, it's not easy, but um, but so worth it and you know, it is scary, yep. but you get to do it because you get to choose. You get to decide yep. how it's going to be. Yep. Um, one of the things or two of the things that I want to mention, number one is that this whole conversation that Elizabeth and I are having doesn't mean like if you're suffocating in your relationship, it doesn't mean the relationship is absolutely going to end. There are processes that you can go through right and i'm sure elizabeth went through these processes where you know even if you need to get a third party in and vocalize how each person is feeling and say you know is it should we continue right make it a joint effort should we continue right um i know that there was one comment that i had made um to somebody and it was you know i love you and i wholeheartedly support you and I can't ask you to change for me. And I can't, we can't ask people to change for us, right? But at the same time, we can't expect or they can't expect us to stay. And that's part of that communication, right? Healthy communication. That's hard though, that's right. hard yeah. though. Mm -hmm. And that's where people like you and I yeah. can, right? Where it's like, okay, let's open uh, these lines uh, of communication yeah. and what are you saying? And you know what? The amount of couples that I've worked with throughout my entire life, because I've been I've been working with couples since I was a teen, like it just naturally fl flowed with me. And, you know, it was always you're saying the exact same things in different ways, like you want the same outcome, but the conversation or the communication is completely different because your beliefs are different, your processes are different. So, you know, I could be saying, hey, that that color is silver and you're saying, hey, that color is gray. And it's just, it's the same color. It just, maybe the light's reflecting on one side and not on the other, right? So- Yeah, I love that you're saying that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of the time, um, it's not just an end all be all. Um, one of the things oh, I wanted to ask gosh. you before we go through that um, is you were saying that, you know, you did have that judgment and you did have those people come at you and say, why are you doing this? You know, and, but from what I recall of our pre-screening, you did have people say it's about time too, though, right? You did have some people that were super supportive of you. Um, no names or anything, but there were people that were really supportive of you. Sure. Yes. And those people didn't come out until after I had made a decision. So mm -hmm. I had to make a decision for myself and, and there were people on my side that knew how I was doing really in my life. And once that it's like Pandora's box opened. And so some people were very critical and not understanding and didn't really get it and i appreciate that because you didn't live in my house and you weren't in my marriage so of course you don't get it and i see you also don't judge because you weren't in my marriage and you didn't see my life but then i had other people some surprising people to be quite frank that came and were like i am so proud of you and i saw things for a really long time but I didn't know how to tell you or I didn't know how to say hey are you okay and you know that opened up so many things communication is huge you want people to communicate the truth it's scary to, to tell people what you think about their personal relationships marriage is is one of those very delicate relationships where 
other people aren't going to really come in and say, hey, like something doesn't look right. Um, most people aren't. Maybe you have like one bestie who's like, hey, this is not going to work. I think this is failing. And my one friend really did kind of plant some seeds for that. The other thing that you said that was fascinating to me as I think about my clientele is communication. It's really important that your relationship has very open, honest, safe communication. And when you have that, relationships don't have to fail. <laughs> fail is such a strong word. They shape differently. They mold and move and transition and grow and ebb and flow as you ebb and flow. We're not designed to be static. We change. Who I am now is not who I was when I was 25. And I'm really glad for that. I'm glad that I'm not who I was. But the other part is Communicating with yourself, understanding what you need. Are the communication lines open within yourself? Do you know what you want and what you need? Do you understand what your personal boundaries are? Do you understand what limitations that you have and that you need to either can keep consistently or you need to like expand those things? And a lot of my clients don't communicate with themselves because they outsource their intuition and they outsource their personal power it's just like talking to all your girlfriends listening to what your mom says listening to what maybe your religious background says looking at society to decide what you're supposed to do or not do and that really makes it hard because then you don't really know what you want mm -hmm. and how can you decide what's good or healthy if you don't really know what you want or what you need. Um, and I was in that place. I didn't, I knew that I was not happy and I knew that, that I was suffocating. And I also didn't know how to not do that. Um, so I, I really empathize with the women that are in this situation. And I really empathize with like the lack of clarity and the lack of like intuition. What is that? I'm supposed to have my own intuition. I had no idea. That's a real thing. And so we have these conversations all the time. Actually, you do. You have intuition and your body and your mind and your spirit know what you need and what you don't. And we've just been conditioned to not listen. And so it gets really hard. Um, and just one other thing that you said, you know, I'm not pro-divorce. I'm not like, leave your man <laughs> or leave your woman. Like, I'm not pro that. I'm pro like, love you, pay attention to you, communicate what you need, take care of you. When you're good, then you can show up as your best self in all your relationships, not just your partnership or your marriage. You need to be okay though. And if you're not, then you need to communicate that with, with yourself or you need to communicate that with the people that love you the most so that you can get to a place where you feel healthy being who you are. Yeah. My husband would love that sound, by the way. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm so sorry. Of course, they're here now making all this noise. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I like that sound. So <laughs> we, um, we have in Winnipeg Sunday night cruise night, and it is a fantastic, it's amazing. Every Sunday during the summer, all of the beautiful souped up old cars, oh, new cars, yeah. all go cruising down our main roads. And it's like this whole thing. There's car meets, <laughs> there's, it's, it's a beautiful time. Uh, we love it. It's, it's getting a bad rap lately. So we're trying to build, well, we're trying to build it up so that, you know, it's something different, but that's a whole nother thing. But I love the sound. Um, you have to have love of, of nice cars, but when it comes to relationships, what people don't understand is two or a few things. Okay. So I have this guide and I should have linked it. Um, I have this guide. It's the seven, seven most, seven most damaging relationship issues, right? Um, I had it titled something else. That's why I kind of <laughs> stumbled on the words. Um, originally, it was the seven ways you're destroying your relationships. And what it is, is there are three parts to every relationship. There's yourself, there's your partner, and then there's the relationship, right? So in every relationship we have, we're putting ourselves into it. We're putting our expectations, our needs. We're trying to meet their needs. They're doing the same, right? So there's what I need, what he needs, and what the relationship itself needs to, to cohesively move forward, right? When we don't 
we need to put ourselves first. So my priority list is I'm number one. I will always be my own number one priority. My husband is my second priority. My children are my third. Now that switches up every so often, depending on the need. But if I don't put myself first, I'm going to lose myself in those roles and being a wife and being a mother, I'm going to lose myself in those. So I come first. Now, if I put my children before my husband, my children are all going to grow up and leave. When they leave, then I'm left with a roommate that I don't know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. is a priority yeah. to, to put in that work, to remember, you know, who am I? Who are you? Let's get to know each other as things grow and as things shift, because it is fluid, right? We are always changing and learning. Um, now, one of the things is putting our expectations on other people. That happens all the time. And that is a communication mm-hmm. issue as well, because we tell people, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this way and we put it on the other person. Right. But it's not, if we feel a certain way, that's on us. If I didn't communicate to you how I felt, then you're not going to know, you're not going to make any changes. And I'm just going to stay stagnant in that relationship, feeling unhappy and expecting you to know exactly what I need and want when I haven't told you. That is a huge one, huge one. And that's a lack of communication. Yeah. Yeah. So I am so glad you said that because um, we put our happiness and joy into other people's hands all the time. Like, uh, you know, all the memes and, and advice and encouragement, like find your other half, find your better half, find, you know, this, you're not a half, you're a whole person who gets to be happy and joyful and live life the best that you can as a human being. You get one shot, you get to show up as your best you. It is not your partner's job to make you your best you. Now, if you're in a healthy partnership, then you have someone that's gonna keep you accountable. Hey, you dropped the ball on this thing. Or remember when you told me you wanted to be or have or do, I'm here to push you into that. Like, go get what you need. But it is not your partner's job to make sure that you feel happy. And it's not their job to make sure that you're good all the time. Mm -hmm. Do they check in? Yes. Is it so nice to have someone care for you in that way? Absolutely. But it is not their responsibility. It is your responsibility. And this is news to me. Like, I'm I'm living for me or for the people that I work with. Um, You know, I worked with a client who was committed to making their partner happy. And that was what the commitment was. I just really wanna make my partner happy. And I'm like, but what about you? Like, who makes you happy? And how do you take care of you first? Uh, The other thing that I love that you said that has come up a lot is um, your priority list. Who's top on your priority list? A lot of moms put their children first on their priority list. And I see that, especially when your kids are very little, um, it's hard, it's a challenge because you're so stretched, but you are still you when your kids are not there. You are still you when your partner is not there or you don't have a partner. You have to still be able to be who you are when no one else is around. And so I love, my sons to absolute pieces um and we have an amazing connection and they does that she's committed to that she loves that have nothing to do with them um and it's been a great lesson for them to see like you get to do this too it's not just like oh mom does her thing and we don't get to hang out um this whole idea of like but i'm a mom We really need to reframe that. Yeah, me too. But that doesn't mean that I get to stop loving myself. You know, that doesn't mean that I cap on my love for myself until my kids grow up and then I come back to me. You have to live with you every day. (laughs) You have to like you because you have to be you every day. And if you don't love and like yourself, what kind of you are your kids getting anyway? We end up giving our kids our leftovers. And that doesn't serve. That's not going to help them be their best selves. Yep. 
Yeah, you think of, use a, a water heater as an example, right? If you have an older water heater, as you, let's say you've done dishes, you've done laundry, you've bathed your kids, everybody is getting that hot water, right? Everybody's getting that hot water. When you go to take your shower or your bath because it's your time and your everything else is done and you finally get to put yourself first and you run that hot water and it's either cold or rusty. How many times does that happen to people? Like if your water is cold and rusty because you've used it on everybody else, that's your energy. That's your, that's what you're doing to yourself is you're constantly running off of that rusty water. And that's, that's not healthy, right? right? Um, any relationship no. should be a three-way street. Now there are times I thoroughly enjoy pleasing my husband. I do. Right. I love cooking for him. I love, you know, rubbing his hand or his head, whatever. Right. I love making my husband happy, but not all the time. And he does the same I mean, for me. There, there. Go ahead. So I, I'm just thinking, you know, when you're in a healthy relationship with your children, with a parent, with a spouse, it is no, it is not a thing to do things for them, to give gifts, like in terms of quality time and meet like their needs. Like, man, you know, my partner loves it when I, you know, scratch his back or loves to snuggle on the couch and watch a movie. It's not a thing to do that uh, when there's a mutual understanding that, hey, you know what? Like, I need my time today. I need to just be alone or I need to like, you know, have my meditation, like, you know, I need to be okay with me. And then I am more than happy to meet you where you are and help you to feel good. Um, and I love that you said that because no, it's not my job to make you happy, but I love to do that for you. Like it feels good to do that for you, to yeah. make you feel happy and to be part of how you feel good in your life. Um, and finding that balance, I think it's confusing for people who don't have clarity yet on how that should be. Um, but but I'm supposed to, you know, take care of them. I'm su the supposed to. I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that. And it's always like, but who told you that? Like, who's like taking notes on what you're supposed to do or not supposed to do? Like, this is your life. You get to decide what is important and what isn't. Yep. Um, I love that you shared that. Thank you. Um, I've been married 13 years and there are days where I want to strangle him. And there are days where I just want to love him up. And, but I need both. I need days where he's challenging me and making me angry so that I get what I need done. Or, you know, he, he is constantly trying to give me what I need. And that's even unconsciously, right? Like sometimes we'll fight and maybe he needs that, right? If he's in a bad mood, I'll go and, you know, give him a Charlie horse or something and he'll just start getting all happy because he's weird like that. Um, but like today and uh, my husband's best friend is in town, right? And he doesn't see him very often. Once a year, once every couple of years, maybe. And the call came in, hey, I'm in town. Do you want me to come and see you? I'll come right now. And he's like, no, my wife's got her show right we can't right now my wife's got her show right and it's that mutual respect right now I tell yeah. him what I need and he tells me what I need there are days absolutely where I feel suffocated this morning I was like or right before the show it was like mom honey wife <laughs> Melissa right it was like everybody all at once was like do this do this do this and I'm just like no <laughs> like five minutes until my show no right and but they respect the fact that i've said no right so which is so hard to get to yeah people are women specifically uh are afraid to say no and you know it, it's really important to understand and i took this way to the extreme when i was married it's like intimate relationships are hard they're just hard, especially when you live with someone like you're there on their good days and bad days and the ins and outs. 
um, when they feel like it or don't feel like it, whatever it is that, that it is at that time, it's just how it is in life. And you have to understand that and respect the space and say, how can I support you in this space where you are right now? And that's something that I've learned for myself, okay, Liz, how can you support you right now? What do you need right now to be good? Cause you're not good. But also in my partnership, like how can I support you? And sometimes supporting my partner means like, I need a couple days of zero contact. And I, and I respect that. Do you like get what you need, have the space that you need. Sometimes it's something else, but you have to be open to, there's gonna be conflict and tension. And there's an opportunity to grow in that tension. And if we didn't have the conflict, we wouldn't actually have the growth. Growth is painful. Mm -hmm. And part of that is the conflict. Part of that is having hard conversations. And then you get to where you said, Melissa, where it's like, we've had hard conversations. I've been honest about where I am and what I need. And now I can say no and not feel bad about it. I don't feel guilty when I say no, because everybody understands what the expectation is or where I'm at or what's happening with me. There's no confusion. And I think women in outsourcing their intuition and outsourcing their personal power are afraid to say no. But if I say no, I might hurt someone's feelings. Or if I say no, it might, you know, what? how does that make me? What, what kind of person am I if I say no? And it's like, well, you have to, it goes back to, you have to live with you. So when you say no right now, is that going to bring a relief and a light energy? Or when you say, when you say yes, is that going to bring tension and resentment and bitterness? You need to find where you're okay with living with you. Um, and I think, I love that you're saying, you know, I said no, and everybody knew what, what was up. And I think, more women in my shoes and not women in healthy relationships need to be able to say no that doesn't work for me and come to a compromising space and say this works this doesn't work how can we make this be better for everybody yep so my husband as many of our viewers probably know um dislocated and broke his ankle uh, a few weeks ago now so he's laid up um casted crutches no pressure on that foot whatsoever so today right before the show when when i went downstairs because i'm a smoker we smoke so i went downstairs to go outside and have a cigarette and I was like, rush, rush, rush. It's like quarter two. And I'm like, no, I need to go and do this. So he gets up and I didn't actually think he would get up, but he gets up to go for a cigarette with me. And I'm like, which way are we going? Are we going outside? Are we going in the garage? And he said, we'll go in the garage so that you're not waiting for me. Because if we go outside, then I have to help him outside and help him back in, which means I have to wait. If I go in the garage, he's, even though it's further for him, I don't have to help him. So instantly he's like, you're on the time crunch. Let's go in the garage. I'll be okay. And I came in and left him in the garage and came in to do the show. Right. So it's again, that communication, right? When you have a partner now, again, my relationship is not sunshine and rainbows all the time. Do I feel loved? Yes. Do I feel supported? Yes. Do I trust him? Yes, absolutely. I feel the way that I am supposed to feel the way that I want to feel. People don't understand. And again, it's society that creates this, whether it's our religion, our families, our, our societal expectations. A relationship isn't about finding Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome, or Prince Charming, or anything along those lines. And I, I, have a, I love Disney movies, but I have a, a real hard time liking the, the, you know, what they taught us about relationships. They're unrealistic. Sure. An actual yep. relationship is based on your need to feel, right? And when you find a partner that gives you what you need to feel, so I don't worry about being cheated on. I don't worry about him leaving me. I don't worry about him not putting me first if the need arises. You know, 
we, we work well together because I give him what he needs and he gives me what I need and it's automatic. Right. And if, if it strays away from there, it's like, okay, you know, I'm feeling like this. I need a little bit of help today. Um, can you, can you help me out with this, whatever it is that's going on? Right. And again, one of the biggest things is communication. If you're feeling suffocated in your relationship, no matter what type of relationship that is, you need to number one, like Elizabeth said, and I wholeheartedly agree because I'm an identity coach. And that is exactly what I would tell my clients is number one, check in with yourself. You need to be open and honest with yourself. You need to look yourself in the eye and go, what do I need? What am I not getting? Am I happy? And you need, you need to figure that out, whether that's through help with Elizabeth and I, whether that's somebody else, whether you can do it on your own, you need to figure out what you need. And if you are not getting what you need in that relationship, then you either need to communicate that to your partner in a healthy way. Or you need to decide whether that relationship is meant to last or if you're going to walk away. There is options. There are choices. You have to take that first step because the person that's in control of whether or not you're happy is you. That's why I do the Empowered Warrior Women Challenge because we are all warrior women. We all have that, mm -hmm. that indescribable power within ourselves that we can tap into to make sure we're getting what we need without aggression, without, you know, obviously yeah. horrible yeah. intentions to other people, but we can do it in a healthy, happy way while embodying that warrior power, right? If anybody watching, if you feel that there's this niggle of or niggle, um, wiggle or tingle of power in your core, right? And you're like, what is that? Right. And every so often you tap into it and you're like, oh, I feel really powerful. I feel really confident and courageous. That's that epicenter of power. We all have that. We just don't all know how to tap right. into that. When you tap into that, it changes everything. Right. Right. And that's the work that I do with the women that are um, that are part of my community. Like, yeah. let's tap in. Let's find that source. Let's it's in there. You have everything you need to be successful and to find joy in life. Um, but you have outsourced all of these things. And so now you don't even know how to listen inside anymore. You don't know. And so, yeah, when we're in a tough spot in a relationship, any relationship we're talking about partnerships because i you know we both work with uh people in couples relationships um you have to do the check-in first with you like what's my role in my dissatisfaction right now what do because we can't change other people which is something that you mentioned and i a hundred percent agree with that um I can't change my partner. I can't change my children. I can't change my parents. I can only change me. What's my role in what's happening in my life and the dissatisfaction I feel right now? And that requires some serious work. So um, a lot of the, the clients that I work with, we develop practices around building intuition again. And one of those practices is journaling. Okay, we're going to sit down and we're just going to do a brain dump, get stuff out. There's so much squirreling around in our brains that we can't even hear ourselves. We're too busy planning and overthinking and worrying to know uh what it is that we need so building that practice understanding your own role in your own life um regaining some of that intuition again and then having hard conversations and it kind of all comes back to the you need to have these conversations you need to be willing to be honest about where you are and tell your truth in these relationships because that's where healing starts that's where you get to find peace and relief when you're honest with yourself first. Some of us struggle to be honest with ourselves. I know that that was something that I struggled with. I was afraid to be honest with myself because if I was honest with myself, then everything that I knew would fall apart around me and I wasn't sure how I was going to get it back together again. I did ultimately come to a place 
where I was like, <laughs> everything is imploding on me right now. So I need to get out of here because out is better than in right now. Um, but telling yourself the truth and then telling that person in your life the truth is really where healing is going to begin. Um, and of course, that communication piece. And so a lot of my work with my women is how do we reclaim that intuition? How do we get your personal power back? You didn't lose it. It's in there. You just stop listening. Yeah. Um, and it's been really amazing to watch people say, oh my gosh, look what I did. You know, I have a couple of clients right now who are like, oh, I can't believe. And even, you know, that self-discovery, that energizes you for the next hard thing. You know, we can do hard things. You know, the coaching practices, let me just give you that nudge that you need. Because I believe in you and I know that you can do what you what you want to do. Um, and then when they show up, it's a beautiful thing because it's like, ah, we did an, another one. Yes. And women being empowered, they empower other women. This has been my, my experience. Empowered women empower women. And that's kind of where I'm at as a women's empowerment coach. Let's do this thing. Let's bring other women along. And no, I'm not pro-divorce. You know, we're talking about relationships. That doesn't mean we leave all the men behind. That just means like, love you first. Imagine what our communities would be like if women took care of themselves first because women do have superpowers we can do amazing things um, but we're so spent yeah we're so spent that we're not tapping into that energy source and if we did it would be an amazing place the world would be a much more amazing place for sure yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And I should bring you into the women supporting women network, because that's what we do. We empower women, right? And it's women supporting women. And we yeah. don't do that enough. And not to say that men don't deserve support, because they absolutely do. I know that you and I mostly focus on women. So that's why we kind of kept it towards women. But if right. you know, I know men and women who feel suffocated in their relationships. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Right. Uh, I know men who are scared because of they have children involved and in Canada, that means child support in the U S that means child support. And not that they don't want to pay child support They're, You know, even, even in my own experience, I've met some very vindictive women who, who use that um and use and abuse it right and so th there are quite healthy fears for men and women in relationships right women it's the worry about retaliation physically with men it's worry about retaliation financially and with children right we shouldn't be in that spot it you know a relationship ending is healthy there's nothing wrong with a relationship ending and again like you i'm not necessarily pro ending but sometimes that mm -hmm. is the best course for both parties. I wrote a book. It's called On My Way to Us. And I wrote this book. And it was about how, number one, I'm married to my twin flame. I'm spiritual. So I married my twin flame. We almost met eight times before, excuse me, before we were set up on a blind date. And we can trace back those eight places where we were in the same place at the same time, but we never met. Wow. And when we finally did meet, we, we did go back and we traced those. And when we met, I had ended an, uh, one of my longest relationships at that point in time. I hadn't had very many. So that one was a year and a half. I was cheated on. Um, the one before that ended badly with a child and, it was just this. So I went through all of my past relationships and all of them ended and all of them had negative connotations to them. Right. Sure. But at the same time, at the time they were positive, right. While I was in the relationship, there were positives. So I wasn't focusing specifically yeah. on the negative, but every one of those relationships taught me something that I needed to learn in order to be number one, ready for my ideal partner. Number two, to be the ideal partner myself, how to stand up for myself, right. how to put myself first, how to be a good partner. One of my past relationships, I used and abused him. One of my other ones, I was used and abused. 
one I was cheated on one, you know, like, so all of them taught me how I wanted to feel as a partner from my partner and in a relationship myself. So now I don't react. So if him and I are in the midst of an argument, I say, you know what, I'm getting to that point where I'm going to say or do something that I'm going to regret. And I don't want to do that because I'm very volatile. I will say and do things that are intentionally going to hurt you. And I don't want to do that. So I take a step back. I put myself on a timeout. That's number one. Number two is again, communication, right? When I, when I have something going on for me, I say, you know what? I'm really feeling frustrated right now. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at the kids. I'm really frustrated. I need to work on that. Can you guys help me by doing this? Mm -hmm. Right. And give them the opportunity to help you. It's communication, knowing what you want to feel. Again, I'm not worried about being cheated on. I'm not worried about him going out and choosing everybody over me. I'm not worried about him just up and leaving me. I got what I wanted to feel from this relationship. So any hard times that we have had, it's worth it to work through it because mm -hmm. no matter what's going on in the day to day, he still gives me the feelings that I want and that I need. So it's, it's really, again, it comes down to asking yourself, who are you? Who are you? What do you want in a relationship? What do you truly need to feel? Not whether he has no kids, he's single, living at home with his parents, like none of that matters. The relationship of your dreams isn't going to be, you know, a list on paper of his looks, his career, his family life. None of that matters. Mm. It's how he makes you feel or how she makes you feel. That's what matters in a relationship. I think that's uh, really important that you bring up like what we think beautiful relationships are and what they actually are are not those things are not the same. And because media, you know, social media, uh, TV, movies, they show us this um, skewed version of romantic relationships and there are so many pieces to what will work and it's often not what we think it is so i appreciate you sharing that you know when you find someone that is a good fit for you they understand what you need and the space that you require and how you move in the world and you understand how they move in the world and there's a mutual respect and something that i personally have found in my current partnership and something that is very important to me is you know not just honoring and respecting who i am and who that the partner is but also saying like you know i want to support you to be your best you what does that look like because i want you to be successful as an individual person because the things that you're doing as a human are gifts that people need you are gifted in what you have let's get you to where your best you know whatever that means and me doing the same thing for him in that relationship and there's no jealousy there's no animosity there's no like why aren't you paying attention to me uh it's a mutual like hey you got stuff and i got stuff and then we come back together and say oh what was all the things that you know how did you grow today what was good what was not good how can i support you um and coming to that place but it you know it comes back to you know we keep coming back to this like you need to be able to communicate that without being afraid of being criticized judged or shut down you need to know who you are how you feel and you can't blame someone else for making you feel a certain way the way that you feel is the way that you feel people don't make you feel anything it's your meaning making brain our brains are meaning making machines and so the meaning that we make about things causes us to have certain feelings and emotions we need to put ourselves like you said in a timeout. I'm having feelings about this. I'm not clear on them. I need a timeout so that I can understand what my role is and what I feel. And then we can come back and have a conversation about what that looks like. Um, you know, and in a, an unhealthy relationship, in my unhealthy relationship, it was, you know, you make me feel like this and I don't know how to unfeel it. Or, you know, you're giving me this role that is not my role and I need you to take it back but you're refusing to do that. And so everything's my fault or I'm crazy. 
I'm crazy because I have feelings. Um, and there was just so much disconnection and all of that. And it wasn't safe to communicate. It wasn't safe to be honest. And if you're in a relationship that doesn't create a safe space for you, that's going to be really detrimental in the long term. So it's beautiful for you to share, you know, you're married. I'm not. <laughs> I have a partnership. But like, you say like we need those hard times because it's just how we grow it's just how we know each other and then i appreciate him more when it's over because we move through that together um and i love that that's really what it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like that it's not what do i say unicorns and rainbows all the time it just isn't but at the end of the day you can say the person that is in my life makes me feel amazing about who I am, allows me to be my true and honest and authentic self. And I feel appreciated and loved. And I still get to be who I am without judgment. And that's a beautiful place to be. And, and I hope, you know, with the work that I'm doing with the women that I work with, that's where we ultimately want to be. I want to love me so that I can be in that healthy space with someone else. Yeah. Um, and it's not impossible. We do a lot of like mindset shifting and reframes. It's 100% possible to have these beautiful things. We just have to be willing to do the work. And uh, that's that's where we come in. The coaches come in to help them show up for themselves and help them push through and do the work. Yep. And how to have healthy conversations, how to create space, right? And you were talking about, you know, what we've mentioned multiple times, multiple times in this episode already is, you know, understanding that your your emotions your happiness is not the creation of somebody else it is we are i love how you said that we are meaning makers because that is exactly what it is we create our own meanings and one of the things that people get get stuck on in relationships especially is you know you did this or you didn't do that and it makes me feel this way that's okay if you do something and it triggers me, you're not at fault because I'm the one who's triggered, right? My brain is telling me that means something to you. We're going to react to that. Um, and I love that you explained it that way. I'm going to start explaining it that way because I love the meaning, right? It, we, we decide what it means. And so like if your partner doesn't do the dishes at night, but they do them in the morning and you get raging angry because they don't do them at night. Think about that for a minute, right? You're the one putting me. Right. The, you, we, we start to make that those little things mean something about us. Oh, he didn't, he didn't wash the dishes tonight. So that must mean that he feels this way about me or he's trying to get back at me. We tell ourselves all these storylines. We make these stories up in our head. We never explain or share the story. It's usually nonsense. And then when in the morning they wake up and they clean it up and even say, hey, babe, you know what? I know you like the dishes to be done night I just couldn't get it done but I finished it this morning love you I'm off like then you feel like ridiculous because you made up this whole story about them that wasn't real it wasn't true and so this this uh, first of all recognizing we are meaning making machines we make meanings about everything and sometimes those meanings that we made up cause us to have the outside person for that. Mm -hmm. That's that needs to be done. You know, he doesn't love me, so he didn't wash the dishes last night. But but then you have to do a self check. Okay, why do I feel like he doesn't love me? Like I know that he loves me because and you have to walk yourself through this process like what is happening in your life right now that's making you blame your partner for nonsense and you give yourself a reframe so we do a ton of reframing a perspective shift let's really switch what we're looking at for a second because once you have a really reframe on what's happening and you're like wow i don't feel angry about that anymore that makes so much more sense when you offer a reframe um really important to be able to do that for yourself 
because your coach can't be with you all the days, every day, every second. But when in a coaching program, we do a lot of reframe training. Okay, well, let's just do a reframe on that. What could be a different perspective that we could take? And that is a great tool that a lot of my clients have now uh, when they find themselves being triggered, like you said, which is going to happen because we're humans. Um, I love Brene Brown in her new book, Atlas of the Heart. It's a phenomenal book. She also had like an HBO Max uh, like a few episodes where she talks about the book. And one of the things she says that she's learned is that, you know, we think that we're thinking beings that sometimes feel, but we're actually feeling beings that sometimes think. F that our feelings are, are really what kind of cause us to have our thinking. So we really need to understand that to have a better perspective and a grasp on how to manage when things are hard and they will be. So having good tools to manage all that matters a lot. You should get a coach. <laughs> Coaches are really helpful at giving tools and supporting people who wanna be better, um, but just don't know what that means or how, how that should look. Yep. Um, I love that you said that. I, I always say our emotions create our reality, right? Mm -hmm. But our mindset creates our emotions, right? When, when you talk, and I, and I love that you quoted that from Brene Brown, but I think it's a little bit off because we do, we react through emotion, right? But it's our brain. Uh, no, I do agree with that then. Sorry. Yeah. I had to process that quote for a second. Mm -hmm. We do, like our brain says, oh my God, that means something. We need to react. And then it's like, oh shit right? Because we just reacted. And then when we remove the emotion for a minute, we're like, okay, that doesn't, that didn't mean what we thought it meant. It's right. like a whole circle. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, that's why, that's why uh, when people like have re reactions versus responses, we react emotionally. We don't think first. Yep. Training ourselves to be the, to think first is very hard to do. It's because our feelings really I do are that. kind of the guides. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It is hard work. Uh, once you learn how, it's it, it's pretty simple and easy once you learn how. Um, but it it is work. Once you learn. Yeah. Um, I've for a long time like, and it drives my husband batches when I do it um when we first got together remember how I said that I don't want to say or do something that I'm going to regret I am a very volatile person so if I allowed my emotions to run rampant it would be absolutely crazy right um sorry my oldest is just about to land Sorry, um, my son's coming in from Kamloops. Um, he went there for work for a week. So he's landing right now. And I told him to message me just in case I was able to pick him up. So I think that is my cue to get going for today <laughs> since we're at three anyway. Um, is there yes. anything else you'd like to add before we go? Um, well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Melissa, about all of this. Anybody, any viewers are interested, um, you can find me in two spots. I'm on Instagram at launch.your.life.coaching. Um, and I also have a Facebook, a Facebook group for women who are living this life right now. Um, it's called Launch Your Life, Regain, Reclaiming Your Intuition and Personal Power. Um, and I would love to meet anybody in those spaces. It's a great, um, my goal is to build this community for women because when you get divorced and when you have to face all the things that we shared today, Melissa, it can be very lonely and it can be really hard. And um, this space is designed to create freedom and security and joy and peace. And those are all the things that um, my programs strive to provide to these women. So if you're interested, come find me on Instagram or on Facebook. I would love to meet and connect with you. Absolutely. Um, I know that your website and your Instagram are posted below in the comments for anybody watching. Um, 
if you want to go and check her out, go and do so. Again, the those are posted below. The Facebook group isn't because that was promotional, so that wasn't allowed. Uh, <laughs> today's episode has been sponsored by Phoenix Identity. Go and check them out for the Empowered Warrior Women Challenge. Or if you would like clarity sessions, figure out how you can... Um, you know, find yourself again, because that's really what it is, is reclaiming your identity, finding out, removing what no longer serves you and creating a life that you love to live. So go and check that out. Um, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining me today. I really appreciate this episode. We could talk about this for hours, such a passionate topic and something that a lot of people need. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. That was a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right, just a family. Again, this has been your episode. Please go and like, follow, and share the show on your social media platforms. You can find us at justalivetv.com or you can search Just Alive TV across the social platforms and find us among most of them. If you'd like to be a guest speaker or if you'd like to see a topic featured on the show, please reach out to us across any of those platforms. We'd be glad to answer your questions or, you know, connect with you. So lots of love. Again, I'm Melissa Crutchley, your host, and I will see all of you on the next episode. Bye.